everyone, and welcome to Founders Ascent, the podcast where we talk about books relating to fitness, entrepreneurship, and self-improvement. My name is BJ, and I'm here with Gavin, and we're joined by our very special guest, Shrika. Today, we're discussing Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a book written just after the Great Depression, where Napoleon Hill has studied the lives of successful people and put all their tips and tricks into a formula anyone can understand. Shrika, what are your first thoughts about the book? So um, this book, I think, as you said, the timing of it was very crucial right after the Great Depression. You know, we have the entire mood of the United States, uh, you know, very depressed. You know, people have um, people have been devastated. Their lives have taken a huge turn. And then I think, you know, Napoleon Hill kind of saw this book as, as an opportunity to kind of uh, save the general population, I guess. And then it's basically, you know, I, I think um, his kind of uh, 13 uh, commandments of, of just how to create wealth and just that mindset shift. And um, I mean, I think I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, basically his whole thing was, uh, you know, uh, an important point that he mentioned in the book was like half the reason that that he thought the Great Depression had occurred is because so many people had that thing in their mind, like that mental block, like, oh, my God, this is a depression like that. That mindset is is half of what has caused this depression. Yeah, he spends like half the book just talking about how you can convince yourself that you can make wealth and that you can grow wealthy and turn whatever desires and aspirations you have into the actual physical equivalent. That's a big point of the uh, sort of first, uh, that's sort of the first principle it introduces, the principle of desire. Absolutely. He definitely talks a lot about mindset, which I think is the the first step to attaining any goal that you want to accomplish. And in this particular case, he's talking about wealth creation. But you, you definitely want to make sure that the desire is there because if the desire is there, then you're probably not going to have much motivation or drive to actually create the plan to implement the process. I don't want to undermine the importance of desire, but the hardest part is definitely turning that idea into a reality, I'd say. And we can talk about that more later on. But. And when it comes to mindset, like... Mindset is necessary, but it's not sufficient to, to achieving success. The The reason why you need the mindset is because of uh first episode of the podcast, Atomic Habits, consistency. That's the, that, that's the real key to success is consistently putting in, uh, making it a habit to do things that contribute to your long-term success. And you're not going to build those habits unless you have the mindset that what you're doing is valuable. And that what you're doing actually does matter and that today matters even though you won't see the returns for years down the line. And so you need that mindset so you can have that consistently over the course of years because that's often what it takes if you have big goals. It's going to take a long time to achieve them. This is something I think think about a lot. It's like, what's more important, the idea or the execution? I think at the end of the day, the execution is more important than the idea. However, the execution doesn't exist without the idea. So it's definitely some some food for thought, for sure. I I absolutely agree because um you know I I've you know you know because I'm really into this book and obviously I've, I talk to other people about you know their goals and their future. 
I think, to be honest, um, somehow, and it's kind of shocking, but a lot of people kind of have the mindset part nailed. You know, I, I talk to people, especially, you know, in university and stuff like that. And, you know, I've just, I mean, I'll give you an example, but I've, I've talked to this dude before and, you know, he has huge goals, huge goals in life. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to be on the Forbes list. I'm definitely going to be on this. I'm going to be on that. But, but they, they don't have a plan. You know, they just had that mindset. And that was me, definitely. Before, beforehand, I mean, you know, now I, I've kind of started, you know, um, so, uh, I mean, like, it's not really a, a venture, but me and, and one of my friends were tr thinking of starting up something. And I think, you know, we'll hopefully get, you know, it rolling probably next month. But before that, it was all just a mindset thing. Oh, I'm going to be rich. I'm, I'm you know, going to do this. But that's just the first piece of the puzzle. Without action, it's nothing. You know, it's just all pretty, you know, they just think in their head, you know, it's this, it's that. But they don't know the real problems until you actually put action Right. And so you might be in a similar boat to a lot of our viewers wanting to start something just about having Absolutely. partners and groups of people to support you on that. What What is the biggest thing that you think is just, why haven't you started today? Why won't you do it start today? Well, actually, so uh, we, we have technically started. Um, um, basically, I don't know how much I can really say yet, but it's kind of, you know, Obviously, you know, anyone who's trying to start something is, is basically like a company and, and that's similar to what we're trying to start in any company. Their objective is to sell something and that is exactly what me and my friend are trying to do. We're trying to sell something and obviously, you know, the way you sell is like the sales and marketing. So we technically started, but we have yet, have yet to launch and obviously, you know, Understood. Um, BJ, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, basically, but no, it took us. It took us months to get started, and and finally, you know, we have the right people on board. We have you know, the right tools, which is why we we finally started. But yeah, it was not easy. And I think maybe um, it's it's a good question. I think a lot of people can't answer why haven't you started. They just think, oh, I'm going to start, but but they just don't know when. Yeah, BJ, what, when someone does get started and they want to progress as quickly as possible, what do you think is the most efficient way of doing so? So uh, th this breaks. To me, this goes back to $100 startup, our last episode. Go ahead and check that out after this video. But uh, $100 startup, it's all about immediately validating your idea. You're getting that MVP, getting something out there that can be tested to see, do, do, do people actually like this? Oftentimes, that's selling a good or service. Because you know it's valuable when someone's handing you money for it. But that also can be in the form of content. If you are receiving time and attention, then that indicates value to some extent. But whatever it is you're doing, you really should spend as much time. Uh, you should quickly try to figure out how can I prove that this is valuable? How can I prove that there's a market and audience for it? And if that test goes wrong and it indicates that either there's, this isn't valuable to people or there's no market for it, then that's when you have to sort of make an adjustment. And because one of the most important decisions you're going to make is what Naval Ravikant likes to call product market founder fit. It's that combination of the three of who you are, your specialized knowledge, your passions, combined with the market, what they want, and combined with the product that you love and the market loves. And together, that triple combination is what really, really makes success is and so finding that combination is sort of key in terms of building that success you want is that triple combination. And that's not just in terms of startups. It can be in terms of just 
if you're applying for a job, then it's you combined with what you're doing, combined with the company you're doing for it, because they're the market for your service, your time, right? And so figuring out that right combination is key to achieving any success. You, you need sort of the combination of all three to make it happen. And one thing that can help is finding a group of people that you can work with, right? A, a group of people that sort of can, you can bounce ideas off of and share your successes and failures. And then from there, you can achieve whatever specific goal you, you have laid out, right? Once you have a specific goal, then you build up the team to make it happen. I think, we, I think we've talked about this a lot. And Shrikar, I don't know if you've heard this video, but BJ and I have mentioned this in the past few episodes, but there's this Mr. Beast video. And I, I don't know what podcast he was on, but he was talking about how in order to increase your efficiency in something, you need to make friends with a lot of people that are doing the same thing as you. And so when they find something that doesn't work, they'll tell you. And maybe you haven't I, tried that yet, right? I, and have, so, seen that clip. I have seen that clip. Yes. Yeah. And, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was on Impulsive. Fantastic. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And so he talks about this in, in its book here by joining a mastermind group. And so I thought it was definitely an interesting point. And there's some parallels between that and the, the Mr. Beast quote for sure. Actually, yeah, no, I think that's an amazing point. And now that I think about it, going back to that question of why people don't start, I feel that's another huge reason because actually now, you know, taking my example, uh, I technically didn't start until I met, you know, one of my friends that I met here at university. And, and to be honest, I think he was one of the only reasons I started because me and him, I think, I think if I were to tell you guys who my mastermind group is, you know, it's not a group, but as of right now, it's just that one person. It's like me and him. And I, and I, and I think it's because we genuinely were friends because we're, we're both there to make money. We both have a goal. Um, that's all we talk about, you know, uh, that, that, you know, every time I meet him, it's like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? We know we plan, you know, we're not just sitting there talking about, you know, just, you know, random stuff. We have a goal. Uh, we're talking about money. We're talking about what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, we're not there to, you know, just fool around or like have fun. And then also another reason would probably, be, you know, now like, you know, referring back to the book, it also have to be like, uh, you know, the chapter that touches on organized planning and the crystallization of desire into action. So it's not just about having that desire, but it's about having that action and the specialized knowledge chapter as well. So actually, you know, we needed definitely like a lot of knowledge to start whatever it is we're going to start. And believe it or not, we actually had to go out there and look for a mentor who would actually teach us some of this stuff. Otherwise, there's no way we would have started. And to this day, we have, you know, calls with our mentor and just check in and stuff. And that was a huge, huge uh, a step in the right direction. Absolutely. And key to pretty much any venture is having this centralized plan that you're going for. This chief definite aim is what the book calls it. And so when forming your mastermind group, having that specific purpose in mind, what is it you're actually trying to do? And then finding people who share that purpose, that, that personal legend from The Alchemist. All these books are sort of coming together to express very similar repetitive themes, which is so have a specific thing and do it a ton. And, and that's the formula for success right there. I, I think that's all we're just going to get reiterated. And there, there are some great examples of people who have the, the, in the book, it talks about, uh, I, I think it was the steel 
corporation that was formed that yeah uh, uh, he talks about yes it a lot. yes Th that this multi-billion dollar dinner was had and at that meeting uh, the mastermind group was made and a specific plan laid out to sort of monopolize the steel industry into a trust which hadn't been done but it made a lot of people very wealthy the great example of a mastermind I think of is the PayPal Mafia. A lot of the founders and uh, top executives at PayPal have actually spread out and done a lot of great things. Of course, Elon Musk at Tesla and SpaceX, but also YouTube and uh, a whole ton of like startup funds that um, support other venture capital funds that support other businesses when getting started. If you look, just Google this, take a look at all the people involved. It's crazy how many people involved with just one company have spread out and done so much everywhere else. And I think that there's a couple of things why that happened. One is that they were very, in order to do PayPal, which is a technical challenge, it disrupted banks. Like that's, those have existed for so long and now PayPal has sort of challenged their dominance on uh, sort of how financial transactions occur. And so that was a big challenge and needed specialized knowledge. You're not going to be able to just acquire all that knowledge yourself. Just learning everything you need to do to run a business, it, that, that takes a lifetime in and of itself. And so that's why you need a team of specialized people. And building that team is one of the most important things you'll be doing when creating your startup business or venture is just what tools do I need to get it done and finding people who have the skills to implement those tools. The other thing that I think the PayPal Mafia did was they kept surrounding themselves with better and better people. No matter how good the people they were currently working with, they kept finding better people or they made sure everyone was always learning in that group. And because everyone was learning and everyone was getting better, that meant that the total value of the group and by extension, the individual value of each person, all of them just gained massive skills and specialization from working together. And that's sort of what you want with a mastermind. You want, you want to have a specific goal. You want to work together and get specific knowledge to accomplish that goal. And then you learn and become better from everyone else working together, right? Yeah, I really like the PayPal Mafia. Specifically, I like Peter Thiel. He has a book. It's called Zero to One. I definitely want to have that on here for one of our episodes. I think it's a good book. It talks about entrepreneurship. And so we'll probably have it on here at some point. I want to talk about now the concept of auto-suggestion in the book. He says that you want to do your best to automize favorite ideas and the goal is to essentially become an optimistic person by default and remove those barriers that are holding you back to specifically in this example, he's talking about becoming rich, but you could apply this to really anything. A good way to do this is by visualizing. I'm personally a runner, so it makes this, it makes sense to use a running example. I like the Michael Phelps example. I remember there was this interview with Michael Phelps and he was talking about how when he prepares for races, he tends to visualize them beforehand. 
And what he'll do is he'll imagine pretty much every single possibility. He'll imagine himself like losing his goggles or something or like water getting in his goggles like midway through a race or something like that. And if it does happen, he's prepared for it because he's imagined it like happening wrong hundreds of times in the past. And so if you want to achieve your goal or if you want to become rich, you, you really just apply it to anything. You need to become the kind of person that is ready to fail and will pursue through that. You need to become the kind of person that believes yourself to be rich, that believes yourself to be a gold medalist, that believes yourself to be X, Y, and Z, right? And so I think visualizing is one way in particular that you could get to your goal. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And and also, you know, that is one thing that me and my friend do a lot is, um, you know, we always, you know, just, you know, not rather to ourselves, but, you know, when we both talk, we always, you know, it's always positive and anytime it's something negative because there aren't many times that, you know, we kind of doubt ourselves, oh, is this going to work or uh, I, I don't know, you know, if we'll be able to make enough, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to do this, but then we always catch ourselves doing that. And then immediately we say, no, 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 this is like, you know, let's just have that positive attitude. Let's, let's know we're going to be rich. And I think the thing is we genuinely believe we're going to be rich because, you know, we've seen others do it. We've seen progress with, you know, other sites and stuff. And, and I think we're generally going to be successful. And I think that's a huge part to like, you know, how we've gotten so far for sure. Yeah. And one of the things the book talks about is when you come up with your chief definite aim, specify a date and how much money, and then read that every morning, every evening, and then combine that with auto suggestion and this idea of constantly influencing yourself to see the, um, to visualize your success and then eventually achieve it. Right. And I, I think there's a great opportunity to combine that with uh, habit stacking from Atomic Habits, where you take that activity, you, you take that activity of visualization and you combine it with something else on top of it. Like um, it, it maybe if your goal is to become famous and have X number of, number of followers on Y date, you combine that with posting every day or commenting on other people's posts and just interacting with the community or something. and. By combining those two habits, you're more likely to keep both of them because it's just, okay, I'm going to read this piece of paper and visualize and then immediately act after uh, I'm going to post. And rather than feeling like you're implementing two habits, you're actually just implementing one with two steps. And that's much easier for you to keep consistent because it's just cause and effect sort of. And, but at the end of the day, sort of visualizing and having this definite aim it's not going to have any real results unless you're persistent, unless you stick with it. This book talks about how N Napoleon Hill's goal was to sort of take the lives, study the lives of successful people and then transfer that formula into a way normal people can understand. And he did that, but it took his lifetime. That, that was what he wanted to do, and he spent his entire life doing it. So being persistent is key to actually achieving it, because if you do it once and see no results, of course, of course you're not going to see any results. It's 
N no one's first video on YouTube gets a million views. It, it doesn't really happen. It, it's... I mean, it's rare, but I mean, it probably could, but it's most you, likely not going to happen to you if you try. I can tell you that much. Theoretically, so. it doesn't happen. And if that's your expectation, you're going to become discouraged and then stop, even though not your first, but maybe your 10th, maybe your 100th video is the one that goes viral and changes your life. Yeah, when I think about th this part in the book, I think about like mining in Minecraft and imagining myself stopping like two blocks away from a diamond or something like that, which probably could have happened at one point, but and I never would have known. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think you want to do your best to make sure that you're removing as much friction as possible. And when the failure does hit, you need to make sure that you're pursuing through it. In the, in the book, Napoleon Hill uses the example of Henry Ford so much because Henry Ford was a man that would not give up regardless of what was thrown at this guy. I, they, the example he used, they were making an engine for, I don't know what model car, but they initially thought that making this type of engine in the way that they were making it or something, maybe it was horsepower, I don't know. The the issue was they wanted to make the engine in all cylinders from a single piece of metal, metal rather than welding it all together, which they thought was impossible to manufacture. Yeah, and Henry Ford would not give up. He told that he told his engineering team that they were not going to stop until they eventually came out with this engine and a few years later <laughs> the engine actually became a reality and they were able to make something no one thought was possible and so this is a pretty good example of persistence and oftentimes throughout this book you'll see that napoleon hill uses examples of like the best of the best <laughs> like henry ford andrew carnegie rock did he use rockefeller i want to say he absolutely did. And so and they're all like older people because I mean, this book is coming up on a century old now, right? So. Yeah. And then and actually believe it or not, in, in this, in this copy of the book, this is like the, the revised one. Um, there is actually, he uses examples of um, Howard Schultz, like the, the CEO of Starbucks, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the Intel CEO, uh, Andrew Groove, like, you know, all these people. And actually um, I wanted to point out something actually marked, especially, um, in in the chapter on auto suggestion, you know, when you actually look at the summary of instructions that he asks you to like read, you know, every night to believe it, um, it kind of ties in well with what we were talking about, you know, taking action. The the um, let's see where is it in the in the first step, in one of the paragraphs, he actually writes, you know, I quote, uh, in return for this money, I will give the most efficient service of which I am capable of rendering the fullest possible quantity and the best possible quality of service as a sales representative of, and then in parentheses, describe the service or merchandise you intend to sell. So it's not just that mindset of, oh, I'm going to become rich, but that action plan of how am I going to do it? Because that is such an essential part as well. That's just one thing I really wanted to point out. Absolutely. Yeah, he, talks how, he talks about how you can't become successful or rich by giving up nothing right yeah it comes at some sort of cost and i really like how he mentions that there in that that part of the book and uh, the how is important 
but I also wouldn't obsess over it. And the reason why is if you set the goal to accomplish it, if you're constantly thinking about that, the how will come to you. The, the, this goes back to me, the alchemist. He, he had to cross the desert to find treasure from Spain to Egypt. He, how was he supposed to do that with basically no money? But all he did was, okay, how do I make it into Africa? And he got there and then he got robbed. So, okay, how can I get enough money to cross the desert? Okay, how, how, okay, tribal wars are across the desert. How can I get past those? How, how, how? It, it really, what it comes down to is you, if you look at it as one massive thing that you have to get done, it's going to look impossible. You're going to get discouraged. There goes all your persistence. But when you break it down, it's like, how can I just move forward? How, how can I just take a step closer? But don't forget that there are going to be some difficulties, some challenges, some sacrifices involved. I, uh, before um, the uh, Santiago even left the village, remember, he went to the gypsy woman to interpret his dream. And she said, I'll, I'll tell you the interpretation, but if you find the treasure, you have to give me a tenth. And so he, he already sacrificed some of that for uh, guidance. And then... Melchizedek, the old man he met in the plaza, he offered some help as well, but he wanted uh, a tenth of his sheep right now before he started, before he went on the adventure, before he gave up treasure. And Santiago offered a tenth of his later treasure, but the Melchizedek said no, that that wasn't, you, you can't give up what you don't have. And so that sort of analogy for startups and venture capital, uh, there's certainly going to be some risks, some sacrifices involved, and you should be prepared for those. But in terms of figuring out specifically how you're going to make it happen, the, the how humans are fantastically good at when they, they have something in mind that needs to be done, they'll figure out how. We're creative like that. We're, we're basically born to do that. It's so, and, and, but. The how won't figure it itself out unless you're persistent as well. That that's the other key. And with persistence, I think it's pretty important to make sure that you're not looking at a problem that's extremely large. Because if if you say you're just starting out and like let's pretend your your goal here is to code and you want to become like extremely good at coding and, and you look at that from the very beginning there's a steep learning curve behind that and tackling that problem in and of itself is extremely hard and so you want to break it up bit by bit and use habits like i'm going to circle back to the atomic habits book because he talks about tackling big problems and looking at like the thing that's just in front of you and then once you're able to make that small decision then the next decision will happen and then the next decision and the next decision kind of just as a byproduct of you making that first decision in the atomic habits book he talks about the example of like somebody going to the gym at the beginning of the day and all she had to do was hail the cab at the beginning of the day and everything else fell into place she didn't really have to think about 
going or doing the workout once you got to the gym or getting ready for work after that or working hard when she got to work. All she had to do was hail the cab at the beginning of the day and the rest of the day fell into place. And so if you're able to break down these large goals into smaller steps where you just have to make one small decision such as hailing the cab at the beginning of the day, I think you're going to have an easier time getting towards those large goals that may sound extremely difficult in the end. But there will get become a point where you do fail, and that's where persistence is going to come in as well because you need to make sure you get back up. You can make things easier, but when you do fail, even after making those things easier, what are you going to do at that point, right? Yeah, and, and when you first started talking and said, don't look at big problems, I fundamentally disagreed, but I, I agreed with your conclusion that it all wrapped up. I, I think you should go for big problems. I think you should dream big and have big goals and difficult things because- I just don't think you need to tackle it all at the same time. No, definitely don't, definitely don't tackle it all at the same time. Break it down into smaller bits that you can understand, but have the big goals because big goals make sense to have big sacrifices with those. And when you're able to sacrifice a lot for something, that's when you're able to achieve it. If you have a small goal, then any any misstep, any challenge to that, oh, it's just not worth it then. Anything that's slightly difficult will throw you off your path. Which is why you need a big goal, because a big goal will motivate you to power through those little missteps until you eventually do achieve it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think you're right. You you definitely do need to have larger goals, but break them up. And in the process of making your plan, you could do that. You could incrementally break it up into steps to serve as motivation along the way, I guess, because you need to have some sort of metric that you're going in the right direction. Of course. And you could have that as incremental steps along the way to ensure that you're you're a you're headed in the right direction right uh, and so yeah a big a big goal but your to-do list should be filled with very accomplishable tasks right that's sort of what we're driving at yeah because um i can actually give you know an example of this and um you know part of um you know what i'm doing is you know we, we are trying to grow a, a tiktok account and, um, you know, we're trying to get that, you know, like we we're aiming for a huge number of followers because, you know, these days, you know, I, you know, I like to call it kind of like the, the, the modern wealth creation, like the, the way you, you know, make huge amounts of money in today's day and age is obviously, you know, with social media, with huge followings, with building your, your sort of brand. And, you know, if we're trying to grow our TikTok to a million, you know, that is, I mean, not necessarily a big problem, but it's, it's a big goal. But, you know, we have milestones along the way, you know, first, we're trying to aim for our first 10K video. Then we're trying to get that to 100K. And then, you know, as far as followers, you know, we have milestones as well. You know, we're first trying to get that 10K. And then, you know, we obviously, after 10K, we want to change things up, try to get to the 100K. And there's just like, you know, it's such a huge goal, though. But, you know, we just split it up into tasks and it makes it so much more easier to achieve. Yeah, it'll give you a roadmap to follow along the way. Because if you're tasked with a big goal like that, getting a million followers, and you're like, wait, what the heck do I even do to do that? 
right? You could have a bunch of different like segments almost. It's like, okay, well, let's try using these hashtags first. Okay. And then the next video, let's try using this caption. Okay. In the next video, let's try using this hook. Okay. In the next video, let's try using this as the the first image they see, or what would you call it? It's not like a thumbnail for TikTok. It's, I don't know. The the hook, I think is what you're saying. The hook, whatever it is. You could try changing that. And like these small incremental changes are going to help you get towards that grandiose goal of getting a million followers. So break it up, have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, you have, you're kind of just walking around aimlessly, right? So... Yeah, and be, becoming good at something, we talk about persistence, but persistence is not about the number of times you do something, it's the number of iterations you do it, which is you try something, you get feedback, and then you learn and adapt and try that again. Because if you just try something again and again, like posting the same video over and over again, hoping that it will work, that, that's not, everyone knows that's not how it's going to work. You, you have to actually learn and develop from that. And to, to your goal of hitting a million and doing that in sort of these steps, what I actually think I could recommend focusing on is instead of focusing on the goal, focus on the system. How, how can you get a million view, a, a million follows every day, right? Impossible idea, right? But just think about what system would it take to accomplish that? Hitting a million follows every single day. What would you need to do? What would sort of have to happen for that to occur? And, and then what you end up doing is maybe you don't hit a million, but maybe you figure out a way to get 100 followers every day, right? And so by building that system and focusing on, okay, what, what will the system require? not what, what do we currently want to get right now. I, I think that's how you actually achieve long-term sort of compound growth because that system will scale and uh, you, you have 100 followers and then it will just keep on growing. Where uh, having static numbers like that, th those, once you hit them, great. And then you're just always chasing the next number. But a sy system goes fantastically better. That, that's again from Atomic Habits. Man, we should do another episode on that book at this point. Honestly, <laughs> fix the audio, come back, yeah. Maybe it'd be worth a shot. I guess starting to wrap up here, we could talk about our favorite takeaways of the book. I could start with mine. I think probably my favorite takeaway of the book is the whole idea behind auto-suggestion and changing your mindset. Essentially just automizing the those sort of optimistic ideas and becoming the image of the outcome you want and telling yourself that you are x y and z at the beginning of every day we could talk about building a habit for that habit stacking which bj was talking about earlier but i think visualizing and telling yourself that you are the desired outcome of person you want to be in the end is probably one of my favorite things about this book. I would say my point is definitely the chief definite aim, having very, very specific purpose for what you're trying to do. 
that's probably my biggest struggle and biggest concern is that I'm decent at a lot of different things, but I'm not an expert in any one yet. And, and I really think I need to focus and specialize and hone in on a, one thing or a, a small handful of things. And then if I'm able to focus and not get distracted and stay engaged and not get bored of those few things and double down on those, then th that's, I think, sort of the big thing that's holding me back, uh, that I, I just need, I, I need to do something exceptionally well. And so th that would be my takeaway is that you really should focus and define what, very specifically what it is you want and then become the type of person that uh, can have it. Uh, and um, for me, it would definitely have to be the, uh, as uh, uh, Gavin said, the uh, auto-suggestion and just having faith because, um, I don't know, I think, you know, because before I read the book, I always had that mindset in me. I always had the faith. But then reading the book was kind of like this, you know, second um, reassurance that, wow, okay, this, this is actually correct because it, it would be so true. Like, you know, I would, I would always visualize like. This actually, I feel like, I don't know what, what your guys' take is, but I feel like with, you know, faith and auto-suggestion, I don't think it's just limited to money. I think it's limited to, you know, just life in general. There were so many times where I would actually think something would happen or actually believe something would happen, and it would actually happen. I, I, I didn't know what it was, and then up until I read this book, there, there was really like this, this you know, snap that went off in my head that, wow, like this is actually real. And I think, and that, and, and also I think combined with the, a mastermind group. I think I think it really is important to just have people who are specialized in different things, you know, in your in your circle and you know, that's the only way that, you know, you'll have that influence to to begin whatever it is you want to begin. So those two things I think are if you if you nail those two things, I, I genuinely do not think that there's any obstacle in between you and, and huge amounts of wealth. I agree. I, I'm sure. so glad you said that because that's exactly what Founders Ascent is. It's a weekly reminder of your goals, uh, auto-suggesting that you can succeed, that, that you can work towards your dreams this week. Combined yeah, with... We're, combined we're with, doing our best to work towards that mastermind group. <laughs> exactly. Combined with sort of building this group that can interact in the comments, that can interact on our social media accounts and interact with us, of course, and all of us just share ideas, share our successes and failures, try out new things, support each other, and that's how founders will ascend. Thank you so much for joining us, Shrika. This was a fantastic episode, I think. And yeah, appreciate you. We'll be sure. No, 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 thank you, thank you for having me. And I, I genuinely hope that this, you know, coming on this episode is like a, is like a start of my, you know, kind of ascension, like the the ascent. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it's the first step. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you, I'm not sure when the launch date is for your projects, but. If you can get that uh, to us in time, we'll be sure to link that down below. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you made it this far, we really, really appreciate you guys. Be sure to like and subscribe. And we will see you next week, Tuesday, 12 p.m., where we will be joined by a very special guest. Big stuff coming next Big stuff. Big surprise. We've been keeping this under wraps. It's taking a lot of. I, I won't reveal it. I won't reveal it, but I I know who it is, and yeah, trust me, they they know what they're doing. They know what they're saying. You said who? We're we're looking forward to it. It took a lot of planning, but it's going to happen. So be sure to join us next week, Tuesday, twelve p.m. We'll see you there. See ya.